Lovely to see you all this morning. It's great to be here. And it's time to do a little talk. Now then, I love that sheep. Has any of you got friends who are like that sheep? They get themselves into a rut, into some trouble, and you help them out, you coax them out gently, and they're so chuffed, they run off with their little legs and their little tails twitching because they're having so much fun, and they jump straight back into trouble again. Brilliant, isn't it? So yes, the nature of sheep for you. So of course, we're going to look at today um, another topic, another subject of after the cross. And what I wanted to focus on today was from these verses here in chapter 21 of John. So let's have a look at it together, and then we'll have a little look and see what we can pull from this um, set of verses. Okay, so here we go, John 21, and the verses will come on the screen there. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. And this is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who it was. He called out, friends, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, and he jumped into the water and headed to the shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore, for they were only about a hundred yards away from the shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking on a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard, and he dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. Now after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt, hurt that Jesus asked the question. A third time he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. What fantastic verses that we read there and such a, a warming encounter between the disciples and Jesus. And what I love about it is this natural fact, this natural scene, imagine being there, that these guys, they've gone out fishing, it's what they know, they're used to it, you know, they're, they're seasoned fishermen, 
And in amongst it all, there's Jesus there just ushering in a miracle, a word of wisdom, a word of encouragement, and they'd experience catching nothing all night. This was an unsuccessful shift, a bad day in the office. Has anyone here experienced a bad day in the office? It's all gone wrong. You know, you've felt, you know, there's been nothing done today, this, that, and the other, it just hasn't happened. Well, this was kind of the night shift for those fishermen, for the disciples, and we know what it's like. And then there's another bit, which I love about this scene, is there's a stranger that instructs them to throw nets on the other side. We know it's Jesus, but they didn't at the time. And um, he just says, you know, put the nets down on the right-hand side. There's just a little tweak. There's a little change. Just do this a little bit differently, and you'll see different results. And you see here a helpful instruction and a miracle in the workplace. I'm sure all of us could appreciate that from time to time when we're getting about our daily business, and then all of a sudden, we think of the wisdom of God and we can see a change in the situation. So they've had a situation of failure and discouragement and disappointment to all of a sudden success and fulfillment by responding to the wisdom of Jesus. Then there's the human kindness aspect of it, which I love, and we hear that there's a charcoal fire burning, and on it, a warm meal ready and waiting for them. Fish and bread. And after a long night shift, food has been prepared by this host. Have you ever experienced a time of having like a hard day and you've come home and someone has made you a lovely warm meal? Doesn't it warm your heart when that happens? And we can be those people who enjoy that, but we also can give as well and be a great host and provide for others. And then there's the bit that talks about bring some of the fish you've caught some of their catch, which you could really say that Jesus provided because he kind of instructed them to do it. But here we see Jesus' encouragement and he esteems the disciples. He says, bring the catch that you've caught and let's enjoy this together. I think that's wonderful. Of course, there's the abundant catch for personal enjoyment, but also it could be sold and you know, um, given away for wages and traded. And this is a great, you know, another thing that we can consider from this story. And Jesus served them bread and fish. So we see like the serving heart of God again in this, of Jesus, you know, giving time and, you know, relational intimacy with his friends. And maybe it's a bit of a nod to the time where together they fed the 5,000. There was that miracle, you know, the nod to the bread and the fish and this provision that has taken place here. And then finally then, and in my opinion, and the most important, which I feel, is the restoration of Simon Peter in this story. From feeling maybe guilty or feeling like the harsh emotional wounds of denying Jesus three times before the crucifixion, to finding a place where Jesus is taking those moments, those times, as a friend to Simon Peter, just to draw him back in again, to know that he's loved and he's forgiven. And that is something that is so important to all of us in our journeys of faith and in knowing God, that he draws us into his presence. And he wants us to know love and forgiveness in our lives, even when we've messed up. And we've messed up to the point where we feel we've totally denied God in our lives. 
So restoring him and repairing him was so important. And I love the way Jesus waited until they'd all had breakfast, had some communion together by eating food together. And then he approaches Simon with this relational issue. So Peter's not going to respond in a hungry kind of aptitude. But, you know, they've had food together, enjoyed a bit of each other's company, and now Jesus has taken the moment to have a crucial conversation. And in our lives, there are times and situations where it's called upon us to have crucial conversations with maybe family members or friends or work colleagues or, you know, student mates, where, you know, there's an important conversation to be had. And if we can do it in a way where it's out of love and out of friendship, then that is all the better. So Jesus chooses the moment well. And the one thing I wanted to focus on this morning, surprisingly enough, is this bit about caring for the sheep. Basically, Tim just did half of my talk in the kid's spot, all right? So um, I'll let you know, I may be able to chop half my talk off even. That would be good, wouldn't it? Bonus all round. Okay then, so I wanna look at these, just these few verses here out of that scripture I read earlier. And it's these bits, feed my lambs, care for my sheep, feed my sheep. So those are the three reminders to Peter. And of course, we know Peter denied Jesus three times. So for Jesus to ask Peter three times if he loves him, then I think that is quite an amazing kind of nod to that time as well where uh, Peter denied Jesus. Okay. So what I'd like to ask and like us to consider this morning, who are the lambs and sheep? Jesus is referring to. Well, Jesus refers to them as his. His lambs, his sheep. They belong to him. And we understand that from the scriptures, that people who make up the church, the disciples there, those who have given their lives to Jesus over the generations, these are the sheep of Jesus. Those who have chosen Jesus for themselves, have put faith in him, accepted him, as Lord of their lives. It is like belonging to Jesus. And earlier in the Gospel of John, Jesus had already explained some of this. It says this in John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now, what does that mean? Well, first of all, Jesus is good, and he has the nature of a shepherd. Well, a shepherd provides care, and protection. So we know from these verses that Jesus is saying, I want to care for my sheep, I want to protect my sheep, I am good, my intentions for you are good. Let us know one truth this morning. God's intention for our lives is good. And Jesus would love his sheep so much that he would go all the way to the cross. There was no holding back. This was full on. This was sacrificing one's own life for the sheep. And he was going all the way. So no one can argue that point, that Jesus doesn't love people, because he went all the way for his sheep, all the way. So Jesus looks out for people. And this isn't like lip service. This is body on the line stuff, reputation on the line stuff, everything for the lost sheep. So let us know today if we feel lost or we don't know God. We don't know God's reality in our lives. We don't know if God loves us. Well, if you take these words from Jesus and his life, well, know this morning that God loves us. He loves you. 
and he cares for us. And there is nothing that has got in the way for him to express his love for us. He goes on to say in John 10, verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Now, there's a relational aspect to knowing Jesus. All relationships start somewhere, and hearing about Jesus is a start. And getting to know him is a relational journey. So here, when we consider that Jesus knows his sheep and his sheep know him, we kind of get an understanding that there's this relational aspect of knowing God, that we get to know God and God knows us. And it is a beautiful thing that transpires and takes place when we put our faith in Jesus and we get to grow our relationship and get to grow our friendship in him. And when we give our lives to Jesus, he accepts our faith. He accepts our statement and our intentions to follow him. It is like saying, you know, God, come into my life. Please do forgive me for those things that, where I messed up. And I ask you, you know, to be the driver of my life. We give God kind of like the steering wheel of the vehicle of our lives so that we kind of follow his leadership, his shepherding in our lives. And we come into this relationship with Jesus. We become his sheep. Now, going back a few years ago, I took uh, Isaac, one of my sons, to the Shropshire show. And the reason I went there was with a church friend, Mick, and a farmer friend of his. And his farmer friend uh, owns these um, really nice cows, okay? Longhorn cows. And we went up on a Friday night. We slept in the car, and we were going to the show on the Saturday morning. And it was all, you know, an agricultural show, loads of animals and tractors and, you know, all these different things, which I am not used to. It's a different world for me. But seeing the animals up close, the cows, the horses, the sheep, and then understanding that there's so many breeds and different types and different tribes and all the rest of it, it was quite an eye-opener. So the average person on the street doesn't always get what it is like to, to you know, what animals, you know, the, the characters and all this kind of thing. And I didn't realize all of this. But one of the things that I really noticed, the, the main thing I noticed, was it absolutely stunk there. It was smelling. <laughs> but then it was just like how amazing all these different animals were, the colors, the shapes, and the sizes, and how they kind of like grouped together in their own like little families. And I loved it. And it brought me on to having a little conversation with my friend Nathan. Now, Nathan is part of the church. And Nathan is a real, he's a real shepherd, I suppose, because he's got sheep, his family have sheep, okay? And I wanted to have a little chat with Nathan about how, you know, how do sheep operate? What is it about sheep? What is so different? I don't know them personally. <laughs> so, so what is it? What's in their nature? And Nathan was chatting a little bit about it. And he said that the, the sheep that he's got, they're Llan Wenog sheep, okay? It's a Welsh breed. And uh, did you know that the Welsh word for bar is... Bar. Amazing, isn't it? And he was telling me a bit about this Welsh breed, but also different um, sheep have different kind of characteristics. So mountain sheep can be difficult to manage. They can be quite hardy, but they're very loyal as well. Coastal sheep, similarly, they're, they're, they're hardy animals, but they also like a bit of their own space as well. They can be solitary. And, um, of course, salt marsh lambs are, are coastal sheep. Great with a bit of mint sauce, very nice. Then there's the hill sheep. They are easier to manage. They are easier to 
gathering, they, they're tamer. So they've got these like different natures. And then when I asked them a little bit more about, well, what is like the nature of sheep? What are their personalities like? Well, he said, well, quite often, you know, they're defenseless. They can be a bit daft, hence the sheep you saw jumping into that trough earlier. Each sheep has his own personality. And what I loved is Nathan said this. He said, you even know the sound of each sheep. They have different voices or accents, I don't know. But you know different sheep. And that is coming from the heart and the voice of a shepherd who knows his sheep. And likewise, Jesus knows his sheep. He knows us. The Bible talks about how we were created and formed in the womb of our mothers, and, and, and God is so amazing. So he knows the ins and outs of our lives, and he is a good shepherd. Now, what it says in the verse 17 of John uh, 21 is that Greek word for, for sheep there means dear sheep, that the truth is God cares for us deeply. We are dear sheep to him. So let's know that truth this morning that we're not just a random sheep on a hillside. We're a dear sheep to him. He draws us in. He knows us. And we get to know his voice, the whisper of wisdom, of goodness, of forgiveness, of grace, of love in our lives. We are the truth of what God believes of us. We don't get sidelined and sidetracked about what the world has to say about us as individuals, as people, and all the headwork that comes with us. But we come back to what God says about us, that we are loved, that we are blessed, we are his sheep, we belong to him. And that is such a great encouragement. The second thing I wanted us to consider this morning was what did Jesus mean by feeding and caring for the lambs and the sheep? Well, he wanted Peter to truly know how much he loved him, first of all and all who follow after Jesus. He wanted to give him the most important of jobs, to grow and care for people. So when it says, then feed my lambs, we consider, you know, well, what does that mean? Peter had the life experience and spiritual know-how to help people in their faith journey. He'd been through it all himself. A lamb, believe this or not, is a baby sheep. And it's like saying a new person to faith is like a lamb. So as a lamb, as a new person to faith, we are young, we are inexperienced. We require feeding, we require teaching, wisdom. We require, you know, what it is to live life following Jesus. You know, what kind of lifestyle is Jesus encouraging us to live? What are our lifestyle decisions which help us to be the sheep who get out of the rut and, you know, Go and enjoy a green meadow rather than diving back into a ditch again. You know, Jesus wants us to know the fullness of, of life and the love of God. Like Chloe put up that verse earlier in John 10, 10. To know the fullness of God in our lives and the freedom of God in our lives. So Jesus was saying to him, to Peter, you know, grow and encourage new Christians. Help them, feed them, encourage them in their faith by teaching and leading by example, by helping, by creating a secure environment, by bringing correction where needed and help and advice and, and some of this kind of thing. And just to remember that story of the lost sheep, which Tim was mentioning in the kid's spot earlier there. 
the heart of God to go after the one that we are so uniquely loved by God that, you know, his heart wants the lost sheep to be found, to be restored, to be in a safe place, to know a life of security and fruitfulness and love of relationship. And the nature of sheep, unfortunately, is to wander off. They have a tendency to wander off. But we are so relieved that the good shepherd draws in, draws in the lost sheep, the sheep that wanders off. And a few years earlier, Peter and his brother Andrew were challenged to follow Jesus. They were fishermen at the time. And Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Can you remember that verse? And he meant here that Peter would be able to show people the way to faith in Jesus. So Peter was not, you know, only there just to fish for fish and do his job, but now he's called on this kind of spiritual journey, this spiritual activity where he could encourage friends and family and strangers to faith, but also to help them grow into mature believers and care for them. So it wasn't just, you know, exciting people about Jesus and telling people the truth about Jesus and all the miracles that come with that, but also growing into a mature relationship in knowing Jesus so that we have this strength within us to, to walk a walk in him. And there's this instruction, really, that is like a God strategy, and it wasn't just for Peter. This is for the generations, the church, so that the church should know a strategy for the health care and well-being of Jesus' sheep, the church. That people of faith grow from lambs into sheep. That new Christians have the opportunity to develop and grow in a great environment, the church. And the job and the ministry of the pastor here, there's many ministries, but the one for the shepherd, the pastor, is to Allow the love of God into a person's life, to shepherd them, to create the opportunity to be in a safe environment where they can be fed and nurtured and developed because there's enough out in that world to set us all sideways and all over the place. So to know the safety and security of God's loving family is so important. And it is a job of the shepherd to, you know, partake in that and to train others in that and to create a community of believers who care and shepherd one another as well. And that's when church works well, a culture of care and a culture of church family. And when Jesus was going to heaven, he was putting in place the team who would grow the church. It's put like this in Ephesians chapter four. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So this means that the church, God's people, throughout the ages, would have these servants in place, servants of God, ministries in God, to build up the church so that we can all enjoy Faith, that we can all enjoy growing, that we can all enjoy fruitful friendships and relationships. We can know the mission of God in our lives. 
and all these important ministries. And today, shepherding, pastoring is just, just one of them. But to have this mix of the apostolic and the prophetic and the evangelists and the teachers who come and train and equip the church to create this, you know, vision God has for his church to know his reality and his love in place. So Peter, we see those two flip sides, the, the calling to be evangelist and fisher, fisher of men, to pastoring the flock, the sheep, to training and feeding the church and those believers. And I suppose the responsibility lies within each fellowship, each church, to be able to manage this and to have a strategy before each church to, to look after people and to feed people and care for people. And I suppose not every church can do it perfectly, but certainly ministers of God try their hardest and put every effort in to listen to these instructions of Jesus and put into place and put into being this ministry of doing the do and teaching and training as well. And here in Cornerstone, just as an example, we have a, you know, a strategy for feeding and caring for our local church, for us here in Cornerstone, that um, you know, there's plenty of, of things in place for us to enjoy church, to enjoy the fullness of it. We consider the pastoral and discipleship. Everyone as a Cornerstone church member is part of a small group. This is a great way of belonging to a small community of believers who can care and look after one another, encourage one another, know the highs and the lows, to get alongside one another, to know the prophetic, to know teaching, and to really enjoy the fullness of a faith life. And it is important to us for, for everyone to be part of that small group, which is why it's part of our membership course, so we talk about it and, and are committed to that. Then there's Bible teaching on a Sunday, and obviously not just Sundays, but other times as well. And what we look to do is have our teaching accessible, accessible for the lamb, the new Christian, accessible for the sheep, the mature Christian who's on that walk of faith, accessible for the fish, the fish who's swimming around, considering faith maybe, doesn't know who Jesus is yet, but is on that journey. And we try and make our teaching here accessible to people from all walks of life and histories and cultures and traditions. And we have special teaching and training for life. Two examples which I have found very beneficial. And Julian and Sarah did this teaching a number of years ago, but it's, it's, like, it's been like a, a great blueprint for my life, is preparation for parenthood. That could have been like an 18-year course, to be honest. And also made to last, which is a relational course which helps those looking to get married or already in marriage or wanted to you know, have a much better relational approach to life. Two fantastic methods of teaching. So we have all our biblical teaching and we use that teaching to, to know the truths of God and how we can, as people, practically outlive them in our lives. So we're not always like, caught up in religious um, words and religious language but we're filtering in all of God's word in the Bible, in and through us, so we know God's truths, and those truths hit our lives so much that we can live out our life knowing those truths. So that's what we try and do. 
And of course, we have our teaching series as well. Sometimes on a Sunday, we'll do like a six-week course or an eight-week course and this kind of thing. We've done Love in Action, how to lead a loving life practically. We've done a course on healing, how we can experience the supernatural healing of God in our lives. And why can't that be, you know, a daily occurrence that we can be out there praying for people and praying for the sick? We've done a training course in that. We've done the Blueprint series, which kind of unpacks what it is to belong to church and why we do this, that, and the other in church, and why God has wisdom for the church, and how to live in a lovely community. So these are some ways that we feed the church. And this is part of the strategy of God. When Jesus challenged Peter to um, feed the lambs and care for the sheep, there was a reason behind it. And we kind of grasp that shepherd heart, and we take it on board, and we outlive it in the day-to-day. So just to conclude and finish for this morning, I would just like us to just think for a moment and respond to God and remember perhaps like the lost sheep in that situation. Maybe we're listening online today and there's something of a shepherding heart that we could really do with right now. Maybe there's something going on in our lives where We could just know the wisdom and the whisper of God in our lives right now. And let's take a few moments just to consider that. Maybe today we've experienced a season of wandering off, of having that nature of like a lost sheep where we've wandered away from God or wandered away from God's family and gone to try and do things for ourselves and survive alone. Well, I don't believe that's the heart of God for you today. I believe the heart of God is for you to belong, to belong to his community, his people, and to work through those things which have drawn us away. Maybe today is a time where we've had a struggle, a health issue, a financial difficulty, a discouraging season, which has really made us vulnerable and hurting. Maybe right now that's a time to ask God for his wisdom and his help to give him that time to usher in his good shepherding words and his heart for us this morning. So let's close our eyes and I'm going to pray and just allow the Holy Spirit just to speak right where we're at. Lord, we thank you this morning that we can take this time, this opportunity, first of all, to respond to you in a way that we are yours, that we belong to you today. That we are yours, we are called to you. We are yours, called your sheep, belonging to you. We want to pray right now, Lord, that anything that has come in to hinder us, any relational difficulty or thing that has cropped up for us, Lord, to kind of stop us in our tracks, we ask you, Lord, right now to help us in that to bring forgiveness where forgiveness is needed, to know restoration where restoration is needed, to know your covering where covering is needed, Lord. And for those of us who may have felt on the fringe of the flock, on the outsides, on the outskirts, cold and away from the warmth of community and fellowship, maybe even feeling cool to you, Lord, this morning, then we ask you again, to speak into our hearts right now, to usher in your ministry of love 
and compassion right into the depths of our being right now. Whether there's been frustrations or hurts or difficulties, or even in this COVID season where our minds have maybe worked differently or our circumstances have dictated such that it's caused us to back off or to be on the outskirts, then Holy Spirit, we pray right now to let us know the depth of your warmth and love. And we ask these things out of humility today, Lord, out of a love and a compassion. We thank you for your love, Lord. We pray that you would fill us right now, that we would know those truths this morning, that we belong to you and we can trust in you for feeding and for care. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, great.